Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Happy birthday to you. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Happy birthday, Ian. Thanks. <laughs> Do you know why I'm telling you happy birthday? Uh, because well, your birthday is next week, not mine. That's true. So, five years ago, on October 2nd, we were sitting at brunch. What was the name of the restaurant? <laughs> ah, the Cantina in Pacific Beach. Blowing it out prematurely because it's like a $30 brunch. And I got a notification on the original iPhone, which I bought on my corporate salary for $700, which I should not have bought. Correct. But at the time, you got email notifications for every email that you got. Yeah, we had it set up that way. Because you didn't get that many emails. And it said, you've got 550 bucks from PayPal. Yes, sir. I remember that. And now it's five years later. And, and back then, five years ago, we were sort of clueless. Like, we had no idea that being an entrepreneur was possible. Like, we didn't know where it would go. I don't know how we felt. I knew we were just like kids with a dream, right? We were just like, we're going to get our cat furniture into Petco, and we're going to drive Porsches. Yeah. And uh, I remember just thinking how we better refund that money as soon as we got back from breakfast because that wasn't a real product that we had for sale. <laughs> we did the old Tim Ferriss. Uh, like, Tim Ferriss used to advocate. And, you know, we were talking with Alyssa the other day, actually, about how, like, if you were to start a product nowadays, you'd probably put up a page that shows your journey developing the product. So like, are you interested in this cool microphone that I'm making right now? Well, how would you follow my journey? I'm gonna go to China, I'm gonna interview famous people with my microphone, this kind of thing. But back then, we put up a landing page and it was a little bit sharky. We photoshopped some stuff and we said, would you buy this product with this particular value proposition that we thought would be valuable? And you gotta remember, like we're just two guys that have jobs, that are doing brunch probably after we went out partying too late. Correct. And we had a bunch of crappy, crappy, ugly ass sites. Yeah, we built them in- and by uh, a bunch, I mean two. Yeah, we built them in Yahoo Site Builder. Our first site was in Yahoo Site Builder. Uh, we would sit across the table in uh, South Park, uh, San Diego. I would do the graphics and then yeah. you would import them into Site Builder. So <laughs> it was so ghetto. It was so ghetto. Do you remember you making the gray two pixel lines? I'd be like, and I yeah. need a two pixel line. <laughs> like literally like the side of websites was an innovative move back then. Like we need this, we need a, this website needs a border. And that was like a, a 20 minute thing to put a border on the website. Right. But I think what you're saying is true. Um, I was just looking at this uh, company the other day. They're making this little device that goes on the back of uh, Deadbolt. 
and it basically catches the handle and, and twists it. But the cool thing is uh, it connects to your wireless in your house and you can unlock your door from anywhere in the world. And uh, this company, they're doing exactly that. So it's basically like a little Kickstarter on their own site. And they're saying, help us fund this product. We need $100,000 in order to make our first um, make our first order. And I think that's a really cool way, at least these days, to make physical products. Because there's so much uncertainty, you know? Putting down $100,000 on a product that you don't know if anybody's going to sell to or if it's going to catch on. I think this whole Kickstarter movement has really started something special, especially with physical goods. Or even nice website designs. You don't even need something that decent. You just got to Yahoo site build that thing out there and see how people are going to behave. So do you remember how many products we sold before we started giving the refunds or after we sort of we took the website down after I think three sales it was yeah. like our conversion rate was so good that we were just like this is on yeah I think I can't remember the exact order but uh, we went to a conference uh, in our industry and we pitched uh, this idea for this new product this was like in November or December af okay. after we made our first online sale okay or it could have been early the next year even. Yeah, it was around the same time. And uh, yeah, soon after uh, we took, I don't think we took the whole website down, but we did take down the buy now button. Right. And I do remember um, immediately we would refund people's money and then we would call them and explain, hey, this product is on back order. I can't remember if we said the product's on back order or we're, we're still developing it. And at that time, uh, we followed up for uh, for some information gathering. From years, our years later, I remember seeing those guys on our roster because one of the guys lived in the Dominican Republic, and I was like, "What the? What, what's this guy buying from us in the Dominican Republic? How do you even get stuff over there?" And he was still our customer like two years later, so that was pretty cool. So we definitely followed up with all those people and treated them with respect and well. I think the timeline goes: it was September fifteenth, two thousand seven. We registered our first domain name for the business. And then it was October 2nd. So we must have been hustling those couple weeks. Yeah, for sure. And we were driving PPC traffic. And that's five years ago today. So would you ever imagine that you'd be doing this five years from now? Or five years ago? Not, not, even, not even close. I mean, I think a lot of people would say that like five years from when you started, would you imagine where you are, whether it's in the streets <laughs> or in the palace? I, I think uh, not, not even close. I couldn't have even dreamed. Right now we're sitting on the porch in the Philippines uh, running our final tropical MBA for the year. And it's a totally different business. I mean, we had no idea that we would be running uh, the tropical MBA when we first started our product business five years ago. I mean, so much has changed. We've got um, someone sitting right next to us taking notes, which makes me feel... It should be baller, but it's actually making me a little bit nervous. <laughs> so in 2007, we had zero employees. It was just me and you hacking it out at the kitchen in South Park. And now, uh, you know, depending on the way you count, we've got about 10, 12 full-time employees. Yeah. Um, spent a lot of our time in Asia. Uh, I spent some of my time in San Diego. Do you remember, like, there was this one word that we used to talk about a lot early on in the podcast... And it was almost like to convince ourselves, too. It was this word trajectory. Yeah. And it's like you have to believe so much that choosing the, like, there's, there's so much importance behind which trajectory you choose. I mean, you, you got to look at people that's, that choose the path of entrepreneurship and see where they go in 10 years. And, and part of the problem is, is that they're not that visible. I mean, especially when we got started and we had to find those, you know, the sort of the proud few, the people who... Who, who believed and were broke as shit for two, three, four years, 
driving broke ass old cars. <laughs> we told the story the other day at the Tropical MBA when I came home from the from Vietnam with my tail between my legs and I, I was broke. And I was like, Ian, man, I'm gonna get a $6,000 loan on a Maxima because that's a nice, dependable car and it'll be a good investment. Yeah, to give people an idea, that was like, I think probably what, 600 days into it? Something like that, two years into it? Oh, I don't know. What was that, 2000? No, no, that was late 2008. Okay, so about. So this is early in the game, like we were struggling. A year and a half into it, you came back and you said, all right, I'm going to stick it out with you in San Diego for a while. We're going to try and build this thing. I need yeah. to take a loan out on a financial car. crisis right. happened, right? And, and when we say struggling, it was like, look, the business was growing and we were making money, but it was just so hard because like every dollar that you make, it's like, well, this isn't good enough yet. It's got to grow for, for this to be a, a legitimate business, you know? And so we were just, we were hurting, man, because we wanted shit to happen like the next day. And of course... It takes a while, right? Yeah, I think so. What we finally decided on was uh, I said, all right, look, how much cash you got? I think you had at the time like $500. So went out and got, uh, of course, everybody knows this is such a hot car, the Datsun 210, I think it was. <laughs> and, like, uh, you can't even imagine how awful this car was that Ian made me buy. And, like, it bent over sideways when I sat in it. It was awful. Like, it was like, there was no, there was no way I was going to get a date ever under any circumstances. And I remember years after I sold that car, I would drive around in San Diego and like look for cars that were shittier and they were not to be found. <laughs> like that was the shittiest car in San Diego. And here's the best part. I used to rock up to business masterminds in that thing, like with legit people there. And I have, you know, there's no explanation. Just you gotta get in the car and roll out. Right. <laughs> well, that's what it is. All and I remember what you said though. You were like, hey man, entrepreneurs don't take loans. For consumer debt. Like, they just don't. That's right. And we had chosen a trajectory. And that was hard for me because I was saying stuff like, I want the maximum, man, because, you know, I want to have, you know, good transportation. I want it to be able to not break down. All these things that we tell ourselves, like our Serta mattress is an investment, you know, and it's worth a loan. Right. Well, it's not. Especially if you want to become an entrepreneur because you need that five grand to, to hire your next employer to, to pay for inventory. Right, so you came back from Vietnam, and then I think uh, a year or two later, probably, no, less than that, probably six months later, we decided that it wasn't a good idea, right? And you went back to the Philippines. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that was a real, that was a real turning point in our business when you first went to Vietnam, and then when you went to Philippines, because um, that's kind of set our trajectory for like the last couple of years, which is doing business in Asia. Yeah, you know, I think we were, 2009 was like, the, the year of anxiety and worry, just plodding along. And I think we were really grasping for straws. Like we were looking for ways to grow our business faster. That's really what I remember. Especially, especially like I felt that emotionally. Like I just wanted it to be successful already. You know, I wanted it to be everybody's smoking cigars with $100 bills and stuff. Right. And it just like wasn't really happening. It was harder than I thought. And I know this because like a lot of people listen to this podcast, like, They've been listening since day one, and they've been sending me emails about how, like, you know, I'm struggling, man. You know, like, I'm still going along. I'm still listening. And even me, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of taking a little long. But I forget, my, for, my, for my own self, it's taking long. And I get so many emails now from people who've been around for so long, and they say, yeah, man, just popped off a 10K month in personal income. Right. And it's like, hell yeah. 
<laughs> like you're on the right trajectory, of course, of course. Like it's it's not going to happen in a year. It's not going to happen in two years. It's about getting yourself in a community and a trajectory, and sticking to it. So 2010, the end of 2010, we had gone through some structural issues in 2010. But I remember Christmas 2010, me and you had a new agreement and we were rocking. And I felt like that was like the first time I really felt confident about our business. Yes. You know, and I was uh, listening to like Jay-Z in some hot headphones, like walking around thinking like I was like I was made it like right. that, that was January 2010. January, two, uh, January oh, no, 11, 2011. Right. And so that's when I really felt confident about our business. And, you know, if we started in 2007, I mean, that's essentially three years of, of, uh, of going through the trenches, you know, working on this business before I actually thought like, Hmm, this could really be viable. I mean, the whole time we were making money, uh, we were cash flow positive, but we weren't by any means crushing it, you know? Yeah. We were having like 50s we had a couple like 60 70,000 we had an 80,000 dollar a month and you know it just it's just tough to, to to you know it was just tough it wasn't like we were in bathtubs full of cash or anything like that so the next word you know you brought up trajectory i think that's always been an important word in our business the next word that we always used to say and haven't said as much recently for whatever reason is uh, platform and so it was always kind of our goal with this business uh, to build a platform to enable us to kind of live our lives and to build the business bigger. At the beginning, it was about products, if you remember. Right. We were like, we're going to have, and that's part of the reason we made it such a cash-intensive business. Like, we want to have the great customer service, the great warehouse, you know, getting shipments out on time, high-quality stuff, great production. You know, we never sacrifice on quality. It's always the top of the market, that kind of thing. We, whenever our customers freaking are missing a bolt, we'll ship them two overnight. Right. And we still do that, by the way. We still do that. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> but it's like we thought at, at that time that we were going to be able to scale that into, you know, 15 different niches at one time. And we were going to be ridiculous. Right. And right. it turns out that, you know, we did half of that. It's, it's still a great platform. And I still feel like we could handle double or triple the revenue on the platform that we've created on the product side. Correct. Yeah, I think uh, this last year we pivoted into a new niche, uh, Portable Bar Company, uh, which we keep talking about. And that's, that's, that's a pivot on our platform. So we're leveraging our same infrastructure. We're leveraging our same factories, our same process, our same customer service, et cetera, et cetera. And so I do feel like platform is still very important in our business. So speaking of platform, that's part of the reason we started the podcast, because we knew we couldn't do it alone. The podcast came, and we even talked about this. We remember putting up some ads on Craigslist. Raise your hand in the audience if you ever put up an ad on Craigslist saying, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm looking to meet with some <laughs> other people. And then like three guys respond to you, and their name's Darren, and they're real estate agents. Yeah, this was a sad time, right? So you Hey, come no back. offense to anybody in the audience named Darren, by the way. I got nothing against it, Darren. <laughs> My name's Dan. Who am I talking? I remember how depressing that was. So you had it come back from Asia, yeah. and uh, we were trying to find a peer group. And uh, in San Diego, that's like really tough, you know, because uh, everybody that's an entrepreneur lives up in the hills, and they have an, own a biotech company, and they're twenty years older than us. And we were making thirty-five grand a month off a little pipsqueak product company, scraping by, man, living in a, in a small apartment together. And that was the that it was during that time in that headspace where we were struggling, grasping for straws, where I put on a headset and said, why don't we just put on the internet how to identify a product? Right. Because we had a product, it was doing well, let's talk about that. Right. 
we're both kind of big radio guys. You were much more into podcasts than I was. And uh, so, yeah, we started the Lifestyle Business Podcast. And it's turned out to probably be the best platform we've ever created in terms of finding new people and starting new businesses. Well, we've only been at it for five years. So we'll see what happens in the next five years. I mean, I, it would be really difficult for me to imagine that. I mean, I knew that this kind of thing was possible. I just feel really privileged that we're here today on this very nice veranda. And speaking of platform, we have a pizza party to go to. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> so anyway, you know, we just pulled together this quick podcast because it's Thursday morning. And we want to make sure that we get something out to you guys. We're very busy and involved with the Tropical MBA, uh, trying to create the same kind of success and trajectory that we've enjoyed in our lives with others. And, and so that's been t- pretty intensive, so we haven't been able to pull together sort of the normal kind of episode. Yeah, so busy, we just realized it was our fifth anniversary. All right. Well, happy birthday, Ian. And uh, it's pizza time. So Ooh, yeah. I'll see you next Thursday morning. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything we do. Strolling out a line and drifting closer in your sight. So playing out and wide awake. It's a scene about me. There's something in your way, and now someone is gonna pay. And if you can't get what you want, well, it's all because of me. Now dance! These are the people that care about you the most, you know, your bros.